What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Thursday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707, excuse me, 7960. I've had so many numbers I've been calling today, my bad. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like usual, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. We just ask you to be patient during the long breaks and segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. 1-800-707-9760. Also, keep in mind, um, you know, if there's anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call or you got left on hold or couldn't get through, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that. Like I said, just be patient during the long breaks and long segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter or reach out to me, it's at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll respond to those in real time. Um, if not, I'll go ahead and get to those later. Uh, but you can go and log on to the business Facebook page of Sports Crown Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well and log on there and leave comments. And don't forget, if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast seven days a week. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, Bartlett. What's up, guys? All right, man. What's up? It is Thursday. Uh, programming announcement. Okay, should have told y'all yesterday because I just found out yesterday, but forgot to bring it up. Um, okay, so tomorrow, all right, we're going to be off tomorrow because UTSA um, have their bowl tomorrow, the Cure Bowl, right? And that's what it is? Yes, sir, the Cure Bowl. Yeah. So they have their bowl tomorrow against Troy, so you can hear that here on Ticket 760. Uh, but we'll be off. Um, you know, we I could have stayed on in other markets, but I was like, oh, well, I'll take off. Sorry. But, um, you know, so there you go. We'll be off tomorrow. And also, uh, we've confirmed our holiday schedule as well. So next week, we will be with you Monday through Wednesday. All right. And we will be off that Thursday and Friday. We won't come back till that following Tuesday. And then that Tuesday is going to be our last show of the year. So we'll be um, off the rest of the week. I'll, I'll mention this again when we get back on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. But that's our kind of holiday schedule in case, you know, you have to travel starts today. And you're not going to listen to us, but you could listen to us on the app as well. But, you know, because we'll still get 100 um, emails and messages and tweets about, hey, where y'all at? What happened? Why am I listening to this guy? So I'll have to announce it again, but I should have been pumping it since yesterday. But, yes, yeah, but tomorrow. That was unexpected. I didn't know. I just found out yesterday. So um, we'll be off tomorrow. So today will be kind of like a Friday show. You know, the, now the foundation picks, those will be up probably Saturday. You know, you'll just have to go to Twitter or um, Facebook Live. I sh uh, not Facebook Live. I never go there. Never will. Probably, well, I can't say, you know, I have to say never will, but I haven't done that. Can you believe that? Now that I say that, I meant to say you can go through a Facebook stories I share, but Facebook, I've never gone live before on Facebook. Well, I mean, you never. are right now. That doesn't count. I mean, we're streaming. I'm talking about like in my own personal time when I'm like, hey, I'm here. 
Oh, I don't do that stuff. We either. eat. Well, I'm eating here. I had this for this. <laughs> I'm here. We're on vacation. We're about to go here. Everybody's got elevated. That the same people that I see that got major problems behind the scene. Like, oh, you know, screw you. But on social media, everybody's happy. But anyway, back to the programming announcement. So, yeah, so we'll be out tomorrow. So we'll get the foundation picks up by Saturday. Okay, also IG, SGE underscore picks. You can follow me on the IG for the picks for out there, the people that are interested in that. So we'll have that up another edition, a bowl edition. We'll start the bowl games and also NFL week 15. Man, can you believe that? We're already at week 15 tonight. Uh, we get that going with a big matchup. We'll start there here pretty soon. But we've got some other things to try to cram in before we off today and be back Monday and have a short week, Christmas week as well, too. You know, but let's see what we've got here. We've got, of course, NBA, your Spurs winning streak. It was fun while it lasted. It stopped at four last night as the Trailblazers was able to get your San Antonio Spurs at home. Um, also NBA news as well. Did you have something you want to take away from that game? Well, well, just that, you know, even with, despite the slow start that they had in the first half, mm -hmm. they really battled back. But just like they've done so many times this year, dug themselves in too deep of a hole. The exhaustion factor down the stretch just it, it hurt them. But, you know, they I, I felt that they played pretty well against a, a team that middle of the pack ish in the West. It's a positive takeaway. What do you What do you mean by fatigueish or tiredish? What are you talking about? What part are you talking about in regards to what? Because first of well, all, because they they climbed back within I think about three or five. So you just points. mean the like, energy? They were down. <clears throat> the energy, yeah. I mean, they, the they, energy it takes to get back from the fight back. Yeah, that's exactly. Obvious. I mean, when you but, let yourself go down twenty at halftime or whatever, you know that it, it takes a lot just to climb back, and especially when you're going up against. I mean, you're, you missed your and and to the Spurs point, they were missing their for their starting center and their backup center. Because Zach Collins was out, Jakob Pertl still hasn't been playing, and um, you know, so Nurkic was definitely had the size advantage there, and he ate in the paint. Well, all I know is I had a lot of energy at the age of nineteen and twenty, which is really what this team is age of twenty one. So I, I can't. That's why I wanted you to clarify that before I just jumped on it. Just which part of what you're saying is true to most teams, vet middle of the road team. They're not coming off that long road trip. It seems like they only play once every three or four days. Um, that they just had. Portland's just better. They just got better talent than the Spurs right now. Um, you know, I really like what Chauncey Billups is doing, but no, it's more than the fatigue. Spurs should be players should be able to run all night as young as this team is. Okay, there's a lot of things I could do at 19 and 20 that I really can't do, you know, right now. Even getting better at it, but it just feels better. You know, I can still do some of those things. It just it's just different, you know. Um, but that's my take on that. So you got some other NBA news. The other story in the NBA, Golden State drops another one on the road. Um, you know, they fall last night uh, to the Pacers. Um, you know, the other story that Steph Curry gets hurt. Steph gets hurt. I don't know. Have we had an update on the MRI? I know he's supposed to have an MRI on his shoulder, but I don't know if that's any word on that. But they drop another road game. Um, the defense is really the story, I believe, on the road. It's just horrible on the road. I mean, it's not stellar. It's not Golden State playoff ready on the road. I mean, at home. But it's way better at home than it is what they've displayed on the road. And now you have to wonder with Steph Curry, you know, what's kind of going to happen with that? You know, Steph, what's going to happen with his, with his shoulder situation? <clears throat> is he going to miss time? Because it's like, damn, if they struggling with him on the road and losing games on the road, what are you going to imagine if he has to be out for a week or two? So we'll see how that plays out. Also, uh, speaking of NBA, a couple other notes. Uh, Clippers, 
I'm going to say this, and it was kind of what I talked about after they played Boston last Saturday. Um, not Boston, when they played Boston last Sunday because Golden State played them last Saturday. Clippers got them on Sunday, I believe, or Monday. But all the Clippers have to do is just stay healthy, in my opinion. Now, I, you know, there's no way I'm going to throw dirt on the defending champs, <clears throat> excuse me, Golden State Warriors. But the reality is they've got some problems, which I think they can get, you know, figure it out. But I've been saying this before we tipped it off, and I see it even more now. The reason why I say all they have to do is worry about health is because I believe they are the biggest threat to Golden State. Okay, I don't believe Golden State is going to look the same come March and April as they do now. Now, if they do, then there's a problem. And I do believe there is something to do with this besides X's and O's and missed shots because Curry's having a hell of a season again, but they're still catching L's. But I do think there's a part of it that has to do with what happened in, in camp. I mean, and I don't think they can downplay that. It's not that much noise. Nobody's talking about it. But I'm like, hey, did we forget what happened? I mean, that's a that was a violent punch. I mean, so there's no way. I don't care how good the leadership is. Whatever, there's no way everything can be the same with this team, speaking of the vibe, not that they can't still go in, but the vibe and whatever, maybe that's what they're getting, having to get used to, to get used to how it is now since things are kind of different and arc, you know, awkward. If you're a grown man and you are a man and that's what Jordan Poole is, I don't care if it's a teammate, if it's a coworker or if it's blood, a.k.a. a family member, you're never going to forget if somebody punches you like that, let alone if you got to see him every day. And you got to travel thousands of miles every day with them. They've got the right coach to handle it, but I do believe you have the way they've struggled and the way they look defensively. <clears throat> you would have to basically contribute a little bit percentage to this. And you know me, I'll tell you straight up. I'm usually the guy that you know been accused of you know giving you uh, excuses and everything else for Golden State and Oz. So I'm just telling you straight up, that's how I feel. It's just I know how long I've paid attention to the team. 1-800-707-9760. Baseball, you know, we've talked about contracts is really what we've been focusing on really in the last week. We brought up every time there's a signing. And, you know, we brought up Carlos Correa's contract that he signed with the Giants, a 13-year deal, which I say, if you didn't listen yesterday, I said automatically that's going to be horrible. That's just a bad contract. But one thing I didn't touch on yesterday that I'm going to ask the same question and I didn't really ask this you know after Aaron Judge you know he had his record contract and he got he didn't get 13 years but <clears throat> excuse me he got a hell of a deal I'm going to ask the question if Carlos Correa is going to get 300 some plus million in 13 years and we know what Judge is I will again ask what the hell is Otani worth then what is Otani worth if, if, if they're going to get that much years or dollars, what is Otani worth then? That's pretty much what I will ask. And I'll keep asking. And don't you think that's a fair question? Because to me, Otani's the best of both worlds. Now, how long his arm stays the way it is, um, that's one thing. But to me, if you just look what he does with the bat and then pitching, and if you look at the team that he's really struggled with, I mean, that excuse me, that has struggled to get a winning team together, I think it's a fair question. He's he's valuable. Am I right or am I am I talking crazy? Well, he's totally valuable. I think that I I because he plays essentially he's a two position player. You know the, the wear and tear of the pitcher. Um, you know playing DH. I think that per year he's going to be similar, forty thousand dollars. And I think that you know his contract this year uh, it's a one year thirty thousand. I think per year he's going to get. 
40, 45, but because you almost have to treat him in the NFL like you do a running back. Right. You know that you're not going to be a quarterback who plays 20 years in the NFL. You're not going to be a wide receiver who maybe sees 15. If you're going to continue to be Shohei Otani, you know, being the multi-tool guy, then you're looking at probably, I don't know, maybe six years. But you're gonna get your. You want your value up front. So do we? Is, does he become the first maybe fifty, uh, you know, fifty million dollar per year? Per year. I hear what you're saying. I just feel whether it comes in years, value, upfront money, guarantee. I mean, all of it's guaranteed in everybody in baseball. But it's got to break records. It's got to be. It's got to knock me on my feet more than the judge contract. It's got to knock me – well, the Carlos Correa didn't really knock me. It was just like, it knocked me, but oh, that's going to be a bad contract. But what Otani has done in the last couple of years – and keep in mind, this is coming off of being cut on, okay? He's got to have some type of record-breaking contract because he counts for so much in pr- producing runs – and preventing runs. And I don't know if he's going to stay with the Angels. I know there's that is still an ongoing situation. If the team's really going to sell, if they're not, I know they've been flirting with it. I don't know if it's really moving forward yet or not, but that's just the reality of that situation or how I feel about that. Also, um, you know what? I saw it the other night, and again, I meant to bring this up yesterday, but to me, I, you know me. I every, I don't set my DVR. I, if I come across of them, I don't keep up in track when we're in new seasons or old seasons. But the 30 for 30 that I caught the other night for Jeanette Lee, a.k.a. the Black Widow, was amazing. I know I say that about a lot of 30 for 30s, and I'm not going to say this is one of the best ones I'll get. I'm not going to go there because I don't feel that way. But... It's one of those situations that you've got to go watch that. And I know, you know, I'm older. I mean, but I, and to me, trust me, I'm not a pool person. I mean, I, you know, I've, back in the day in high school, probably, probably after I, right after I got out of high school, I went through a phase with some, with some buddies and stuff, would play pool, you know, more regular guys have pool tables at their house and play. You know, I, I know the game of the rules, but I mean, no way I'm a pool player. But Jeanette Lee, growing up and being kind of spoiled that I was, growing up at that age and having cable in the room and being able to just flip. And people got to understand that ESPN at that time was like nowhere near what ESPN is now. And you got a generation of people that have no idea really what ES. They always know of ESPN being big, the worldwide leader. My point of bringing that up is because along with quirky stuff that they used to put on regular ESPN. And then they tried, you know, Spelling Bee's been on original ESPN. But I remember the time that they launched ESPN 2, the deuce. And at that time, they were looking for content, whatever they can get on ESPN 2. And one of the main things that they featured was that time was the female and the woman's uh, pool tour. And I remember even at that age, there was something about Jeanette Lee that stood out. And I, I mean, I know what it was. I mean, but there was something about Jeanette Lee and her game and her setting herself different. That was like, man, who is this woman? And this was like at the age of like maybe, I don't know, 13, 12, 14. I don't know. It was young. Can't remember when they launched the deuce, but. The point is, you've got to go see this. If, if you're not a pool player, even if you're casual, you know of the Black Widow. You've had to hear. If you're in the age, let's say if you were born probably in the mid-70s to early 80s to mid-80s, you've got to tell me that you know 
casually of what the Black Widow is and pool. And the point of it is, is that I had no, well, I know about a year ago, I remember this time last year, it was actually January last year, I remember coming through and seeing that she had been diagnosed with cancer. I thought she had really, be honest with you, I thought I was telling AC, I got mistaken, I thought maybe she had passed already because I thought that was was, but what it was, I couldn't remember, she got diagnosed with cancer stage four cancer and trust me and you know people's listening to the show long enough know that's affected me and it and you know i'm it doesn't take that much for me to get really emotional that it was it was hard to be dried eye watching that toward then you got to go watch because honestly that's an icon and i and i hate that it's taken this long i mean if you're in the pool community you know about Janet. she's gotten her flowers she's been the hall of fame the pool hall of fame but I think as a whole, really, what she because she women's pool because of her helped launch ESPN too. It gave them the early content they got going. But you know she's in a battle for her life. But that's that's an icon right there, Jeanette Lee, man. First title lay, I say that's different. That's different. Yeah. All right, listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 
Going through the money like you're growing cheese. I've been f***ing on a French say la vie. I just put them on a jet. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check in and you want to order or check in on the latest seasonal new product that's coming into Specs, or if you just want to order for same day delivery, you can do it all online. All you have to do is go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right. So um, before we dive in and get started on tonight, uh let's see we've got some people checking in adam martinez i watched the black widow she was awesome and easy on the eyes i used to play pool a lot in college this is this is going to show my age but my buddies and i would play at dallas nightclub on thursday 75 cent long nights okay adam but yeah if you were a i mean if you played pool understood pool you knew who she was but it's just a situation you know she's dealing with stage four uh you know cancer um and it's, I mean, it's tough toward the end because again, I, that's the only time I get emotional stuff like that in regards to when it, there's a connection of somebody I grew up watching, whatever, and then they're going through that. And then it makes, it takes me back to, you know, dealing with what I went through with my mother. But, um, you, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, go see it. But I just think, and I'm telling people to go see it because I think she should have deserved her flower before because she was iconic. I mean, the market the way she did and she kind of lays it out to where it wasn't all by accident and also the hate that she got back as well. But let's get started with the National Football League um, that kicks off week 15. Can you believe it? Week 15 is here and it gets going tonight with a big NFC West showdown uh, between the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, and the 49ers coming into town in 12th man. Um, last time I checked, the 49ers are favored by a field goal. Some spots you might get it with the hook at three and a half, uh, but they are going on the road. This is a division game, and it's a night game. It's a primetime game, and unfortunately, it's an Amazon game as well, too. Uh, if you didn't listen yesterday, I kind of— Okay, Al Michaels. Yeah, I can't exactly. Well, if Al's going to do it, I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> the bottom line is, I mean, we way, way in different tax brackets, but— if he can do it, I'm going to say, hey, I just, it's terrible. But, you know, tonight's matchup is intriguing for a couple of reasons. One, it's very – I'll tell you this. Seattle lose tonight, they're done. They're, they're out of the playoffs, in my opinion. They won't, they won't mathematically be eliminated. But looking at the next couple games, they'll probably – I'll say they're all done. And then I'll come in here when we get back on Monday and I'll ask Jonas again what Geno Smith's record is of the last four or five weeks. And, and, you, and it's crazy to me and just, you know, not just Jonas, but it's funny to me how the national media is kind of piping down a little bit on Geno in the last few weeks. Because the, the whole connection of the struggles and how horrible it's looked with Russell Wilson has put Gino in the light like the guy was playing like Joe Montana early on. But I knew all along it wasn't about being hated. I was looking at his competition like, hold on, you know. And first of all, and I'm happy for Gino, but he's supposed to be playing better. He's been in the league for 10 years. He's been pretty much a backup for 10 years after being a top pick in the NFL draft. And being immature, wasn't really ready for it, especially to be drafted in the city of New York. But in my opinion, if Seattle loses tonight, I think they're done. They'll still be in the hunt mathematically, but I don't think they'll recover from that. I mean, that's going to be like five out of six games they've dropped. And let me tell you the, what to watch for tonight, what I've noticed and why Seattle has started to struggle. Go look at how many rushing yards they've given up during this losing stretch or this three out of four games or whatever it is. They're getting gashed. 
you know, some teams have 250 on them total, 280. I mean, just total offense in general, but especially on the ground. They're running the ball on them. What does San Fran like to do and what they do best? They run the ball, zone blocking scheme. This is going to be a challenge for a team that has had a trouble stopping the run, speaking of Seattle. Also, you know, what I'm going to look at as well, too, um, on the other side, is well first of all let's let's talk about UTS zones Tyreek Woolen for a little bit um you know definitely he's I mean they got odds on him right now at, at, at you know pretty much the defensive player rookie of the year um it's going to be interesting how he handles tonight with the receiving weapons that you know that 49ers have now of course we're there's going to be no Debo tonight Okay, so that's one minus one weapon. But though you know, when you look at the uh, when you look at Kittles, when you look at their receivers on the outside, they still got some weapons for Purdy to throw to. Brock, he's another guy I'm gonna be looking at tonight because this is his first road test, and what a place to start your first road test. I've always said, and I've always preached, the hardest thing to do in the National Football League, one of the hardest things to do is to win a primetime division road game. I don't. It doesn't really matter what the team's record is who you're playing, especially if there's a rival, and there is a mini rival between here, Seattle and San Fran. So that's what. I'm, those are the two things that I'm looking at uh, that pop out the screen with me. You know, it, can Geno? How is he going to do against this defense? And speaking of defense, you know, I know in this region, you know, everybody wants to make it a foregone conclusion that Micah Parsons is going to be your defensive player of the year. But I would push back because I would tell you one guy, you got to look at their sacks and tackles. Go break it down in the last five or six games and see what Bosa's done in his numbers. I think they're better than anybody in the last five games. Remember, he missed some time too. That's one. Number two, I take a trip to where they're going on Monday or is it Sunday night. And I look at Judon of the Patriots. You know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Micah Parsons, uh, you know, because I got a lot of respect for him, even though I thought what he did yesterday, the other day about really adding more fuel to the fire and giving his opinion on Jalen Hurts was was immature and uncalled for. And it could come back to bite him in the ass on Christmas Eve. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, Bosa has been doing his thing in the last five, six weeks. I mean, you know, Brock is getting attention. The Jimmy G injury was attention. You know, Christian McCaffrey coming over is getting a lot of attention. But Bosa, I mean, I've been talking about D'Amico Ryan's in the defense, but I think it's falling under the radar really the way how well Bosa's been playing in the last, you know, four or five weeks. And, again, this is a guy that's been banged up already this year that's missed some time. 1-800-707-9760. What do you got? So, uh, Adam Schefter confirming, on the, if you look at the injury report today, of course, Jimmy G is not an option. But Brock Purdy's questionable going into tonight, dealing with the oblique injury. Um, is it, what do you do if the worst happens for Shanahan? If the worst happens and he loses his third quarterback for the season? Because you, you, you know that the Seahawks are going to bring everything everything to try and stop them well you know they they signed um what's the name was it wilson uh, that they signed not wilson johnson johnson that they signed off the practice squad of denver he's been in the xfl he's been in a couple teams already the uh nfl i mean unfortunately you wouldn't like that to happen but if it does i mean like i said in 2020 man he lost like three quarterbacks and they were still managed to stay in games never really got embarrassed and won a couple games 
Um, so fortunately, I hope that does not happen. I mean, the 49ers does have a they have a decent offensive line. I mean, their scheme is difficult to deal with, but talent wise, they've got a good offensive line. Okay. Um, I, you know, it's just one of those situations to where that, and I'll keep saying it. I know it sounds like a broken record and some people are getting nauseam and throwing up every day, hear me say it. But the truth of the matter is that's, what's going to take. I mean, you're talking about what if, what would Shannon hand do the worst of the worst if Brock Purdy would come in? Cause you know, Seattle's physical. They're going to bring it. That's what, in my opinion, that's what it comes down to stopping the 49ers. Do they keep getting injuries? That's really what it comes down to. Because if they were told, and no one is totally healthy at this time of the year. I don't care if you're in the first place of the division, last place, or you're eliminated from the playoffs, or you got one loss, you're undefeated. Everybody's banged up to a certain extent, hurting, playing hurt. But the reality of the situation is, is that, you know, if they were more healthy, if they weren't dealing with the injuries on the level they're dealing with, I don't, it, it would be, I don't even think it would be close just because of the way the team's built and the way D'Amico Ryans is dealing with. Now, tonight, I can tell you right now, this game is probably going to come down to the fourth quarter or come down to a, a last player drive. Because, again, Brock Purdy is in a situation where, you know, again, he's looked good at Levi. And, and I tell you, the reason why I'm so high on the 49ers is because I've seen Kyle Shanahan, okay, grow into a play caller like he's been a legit play caller go ask Matt Ryan I don't think Matt Ryan done it he ain't done anything since Kyle left and took yeah it's just he's digressed now age is happening to that go ask Matt Shy. he's been the truth but what I've seen with Kyle in the last two years man he's getting better he, play calling wise he's almost on that run like 2001 around that time two to 203 that Tiger Woods run I know it's totally two different things, but I'm talking about being in that zone and drawing people up. There's not a defense in the National Football League with Brock Purdy, Jimmy, whoever, that is going to be able to shut down the 49ers all four quarters. So, But tonight, because this is a division game and this is Brock Purdy's first really road game in a hostile environment, he's not going somewhere where it's just, hey, man, we're out of it. I don't care what the record is of the Seahawks. It's not Los Angeles. It's what? Where, where Los Angeles Yo, can't pull a crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this is Seattle. It's going to be 12 men. This is going to be a challenge for him. We're going to find out, you know, the next step. Is he really ready? Because most likely 49ers, they might have a home playoff game, but they're going to have to go on the road. If they're going to get where I think they are going and where I keep beating my chest, they're going, they're going to have to win a road game. So it starts in the night. But this is going to come down to the fourth quarter. And would I be shocked if Seattle wins this game? No, because they're playoff life. They've come this far. Nobody had Seattle competing for a playoff spot this year. Except maybe the guys in the locker room and Pete Carroll. But the truth of the matter is they're here now. And, and and if you're here, why come this far to quit? You might as well see it through. And that's why this is a big game. I think Seattle has like Cincinnati after this, if I'm not mistaken, either next week or the week after. They've got some tough games after this. If they if they lose tonight, they're done. Because I don't think that they can run the table 
or even be win, but that yeah, Jonas just got the gas. But you want to read their remaining schedule after this game? Well, it's not it's not as tough. They, it, it's not it's not easy though. Of course, you've got the Niners. And the next week, it's not the Bengals; it's the Chiefs. Okay, the um, Chiefs. And then you've got back to back home games to close out the season. You've got the Jets. Who knows what they're going to be there in two weeks? And then the Rams to finish off the year. So if you can survive tonight, I think that you have to either win tonight or you have to beat the Chiefs. But you'd rather get this one in your territory because you're going to Arrowhead. You'd rather go ahead and get this one in your territory uh, in your territory and pull it off tonight with they're an not, injured Brock Purdy. Yeah, they're not beating the Chiefs. They're not beating the Chiefs. They're not built to beat the Chiefs. They uh, Seattle's still a team. Like if the 49ers get out and running tonight and they get out to a lead early, Seattle, in my opinion, is not really built totally to come back from behind. They've done it here and there, but they're not. They'll get ran out. They have to be front runners. They've got to play. They got to make plays on defense. They got to create turnovers. And Geno needs to protect the ball and manage the game. That's how they won these games. They've done. Besides, they were playing teams weren't really that good, but. At the end of the day, that's how their winning formula's been. But tonight should be a dogfight. But if he goes in there, and then after they sit there and raise that flag up, and they got that hawk just flying around, okay, and all that settles in, and Brock goes in there tonight, and they win this game by 10 or more in a day. And you can tell by, I know I always preach naked eye tests, but people know. You're sitting at home on your couch, whether you're in the meeting. Now, you know when you're looking at a team like, you know what, man, this team's just been better. If they go in there tonight and it looks like he controls the tempo and they win this game by 10 or more, what are we waiting for, man? Just give us the people what we want and give us Philly versus 49ers. I mean, and, and, I'll, and I'll double down on that after St. Nick comes through the chimney on Christmas Eve after I see Dallas and Philly part two of this season. And what you don't want to happen, transitioning to the Cowboys and Dallas, which I want to talk about since we're not going to be on tomorrow. I wanted to kind of touch on some games that I'm going to be looking at this weekend. But if you look at Dallas and Jacksonville, touched on it a little bit last uh, yesterday, I should say. Look, Jacksonville has done what a young team is supposed to do. They go there. They they came out the gate. Nobody's believed. First coach. This a lot of energy. You know the 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 stench of Urban Meyer gone. They came out like a bat out of hell. Had people think, hey, this is a playoff team. This could be. This is real. But what happened, they went through a stretch in the middle where they went and lost three or four games. Hell, they even lost to Denver. It's the last win they won. Speaking of Denver, it was against Jacksonville. But now all of a sudden in the last few weeks, they've started to find that spirit and finishing strong and winning games again. So automatically what I'm saying, and I'm telling everybody this in the Dallas region this, this is a game I believe that is going to be very similar to the game that they just played Sunday against the Texans. Now, maybe the Dallas got a little bit of scare. Maybe they were starting to smell their own piss a little bit, and maybe Texans just got them slipping, and maybe they come out and click out on four cylinders. But Jacksonville is playing ball. And go look at Trevor Lawrence's numbers in the last three or four weeks and what he's doing. I don't think he's had any turnovers in the last three or four weeks. I don't think. Dak, who I try to die on a sword for, Dak has the most turnovers in the NFL since he came back out of injuries. Thanks to C.D. Lamb on about two of them. Thanks to Gallup on one of them. He's got about – Dak's had some bad luck on some of them interceptions. Now, one of those two in the red zone, a few weeks, that's on Dak. But some of these tip balls, CD running the wrong route. But at the end of the day, he's leading the quarterbacks in all league, in all conferences, AFC and NFC with the most turnover since he's been back from being injured. What do you got? Well, in his return going into last week, of course, Dallas was 
First in points per game at 37. First in points per drive at 3.2. First and third down uh, conversion percentage at 56%. Second in total yards per game at 411. And second at rushing yards per game at 173. Because they're having that balanced offense. It's not mm-hmm. all on deck. And, and, mm-hmm. and Pollard, the, one, the double-headed uh, dragon there of, of, of Pollard and Zeke are doing well in supporting him through that. Well, but yeah, but at the, if you saw the way the game ended last week and the way it was going, Dak was going to have to make plays to to throw in plays in the and air. And he did. And he did, you know, but against a team that they were 17-point favorites over. You know, I, I say it about – I've said it before about the Colts. I speak, I, I've, pre, I've tried to preach it to Adam of the Titans, but he don't want to – he don't really hear nothing. Dallas, you, you're not – look, Derrick Henry – Jonathan Taylor, if I and, and let's put let's even though they're not really in contention, they kind of are. But let's put Chubb, Nick Chubb, in there, which he's really impressed me more than even I, I've been watching him since Georgia. But he's really having a hell of a year. The Deshaun Watson, all that's overshadowing it. You take those three backs, and I'm telling they you can't run them all the way to the Super Bowl. So what I'm telling you is the Dallas cannot run Pollard and Zeke all the way to uh, to Arizona. Dak is going to have to make plays. And it's obviously they feel like this because they went in a full-out panic for a wide receiver. Full-out panic. Which I don't understand. You know? But this game against Jacksonville, it's, you know... You know, if you're Dallas, I feel like if you're in the position where you are going to be a contender, which they are going to be, when you put a performance like that together, like you did at the Texans, you think that you want to come out and put some good film on and you take care of a team like Jacksonville. I've got to see that to believe it. Because that's the one, the hardest thing to do is to stay consistent all the way to a 18 weeks of an NFL, even when you're peaking high. To be honest with you, I didn't even think Philly would be playing. I was on record saying that Philly, at some point, Philly's going to come back third and not play it. They did it for like one week. I mean, people go back. I know somebody said, well, how can you say that when, you know, Philly struggled with the Colts? Uh, Yeah, the head coach was over there the last few years as a coordinator. He also used to work with uh, their defensive coordinator and Gus Bradley. There was That was like you know each other's that, – that, that's the only reason why that game was close against Indy. But the truth of the matter is they've played more consistent at a high level longer than I thought they could. Uh, speaking of the uh, speaking of the Eagles, 1-800-707-976. We get back. Speaking of the Colts, Ursay sounds like he's having a change of tune when it comes to Daniel Snyder and having ownership in the NFL. We'll talk about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. 